Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Everybody's talking about police accountability lately, especially when it comes to the killings of black and brown men and women shot and terrorized by police. No justice, no peace. Disarm the police. How police departments hold bad officers accountable has been kept secret in California for a long time, but we've started to get a peek inside. Our reporters have been part of a statewide project looking at new internal records that reveal a system designed to protect police and discourage citizens from reporting bad behavior. Discipline for use of force is incredibly, incredibly rare. Today, what's in these never-before-seen records? And what can we learn about how discipline works in California police departments? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I think that what we're seeing right now is really a response um, to a failed system. Basically, people are tired of feeling like there is no accountability. Suki Lewis is a criminal justice reporter for KQED, and she's part of a statewide collaboration looking at all these new records related to police accountability. The records include all police use of force cases where someone was hurt or killed, and instances where officers were found guilty of other misconduct, like sexual assault and dishonesty. Most of what happens in terms of police accountability happens inside the police department. And so nobody really knows what happens if officers are disciplined. And the feeling that that generates in the public, you know, when they have a negative interaction with the police and then they see that same officer still out on the street, uh, generates this complete lack of trust for the entire system. So based on the records that you've looked at, do you know how often police are getting disciplined for excessive use of force? You know, we still don't have the full picture. You know, many of the large departments have not given us all their records. We're still fighting legal battles to get them. But for the ones that we have gotten and what I have been able to see coming out of that is that discipline for use of force is incredibly, incredibly rare. And even when it does happen, um, the police officer entering into that disciplinary process has tremendous protections to avoid accountability. Why do you think officers are so rarely disciplined? I think there's a number of factors that come into play here. The first one is this issue of how does an investigation even get started? 
The first barrier, I would say, in this phase of an investigation is that often it has to come from a complaint from the public. And very often the public is not willing um, or doesn't trust the process or has their own reasons for not wanting to make a complaint. They are fearful or they are perhaps facing criminal charges and they don't think that this will help their case. They don't think they will be believed. They have to initiate a internal affairs investigation within a year of the alleged misconduct. Otherwise, they give up the right to discipline an officer for it. And there are a few exceptions to that. And, you know, officers have had luck basically challenging their discipline because they said it came too late. In what many ways, it's reminds me of like the Me Too movement and how women for years knew this was happening to them but did not make these complaints against higher-ups because they knew it would go nowhere. Even though, you know, some people do make complaints, so few of them end up in being what's called sustained, so basically with discipline for the officer. There was a study recently done by this group called Campaign Zero, um, which is an anti-police um, violence group, and they collected data from across the state of California and found that one in 14 complaints were sustained. Is getting access to body cam footage, which I imagine is a really important piece of evidence to have, is that also a hurdle for people? Um, it has been. I mean, it is more common now, but even so, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen for every incident. Uh, you know, they don't always turn on their body cameras. There have been these incredibly high fees associated with getting body cam footage. So it can help, but uh, it doesn't always. Does it always have to be somebody from the public or can a fellow officer also file a complaint? A fellow officer can also, you know, file a complaint or raise uh, a question to supervisors about uh, one of their fellow officers. But again, that is incredibly rare. And I have seen it in some of these records, but most often it comes from a supervisor who has a question about someone under them. Very rarely does it come from a kind of co-equal colleague. Yeah, the culture of police departments plays a big role in that, I imagine. Yeah, 80% of California's police departments have fewer than 100 officers. So if you're working in a department with 100 people, you pretty much know all those people. And so to expect then that you're going to, you know, turn on this person that you work with and that you know and that you rely on to keep you safe um, to do this is also just not very realistic. There are some oversight committees that some cities have, made up by community members and other non-police officers. But Suki says these committees often have little teeth to push an investigation forward. So basically, this leaves police departments responsible for investigating themselves. And Suki says when a complaint gets thrown out, we don't have a lot of insight as to why. If a police chief decides that a case is serious enough to move forward and, a, and an officer is questioned about a specific incident, what are those conversations like? So one of the first things that will happen in an internal affairs investigation is that an officer um, will have to sit down or be requested to sit down for an internal affairs interview. 
this is an administrative interview based on the charges of 1202D of the city rules and regulations, dishonesty. When they enter into this process, um, they have uh, an incredible number of rights that over the years the unions have fought for these rights and, you know, created litigation around these rights. And if the administration violates those rights along the way, it's like having your Miranda rights violated. Having these rights in mind, you wish to talk to me now? No, thank you. And so when they sit down in that interview chair, you know, if they agree to do it, you know, they have the right to have a representative with them. Do I see that you have a representative with you today? They have the right for it to happen, um, to get paid to sit there and, and enter into this process. Um, they have the right to um, basically know what they're being investigated for specifically ahead of time. Um, so there's none of this like, sit, you know, sit a witness down and surprise them, you know, catch them off guard and, and question them with it. Like that doesn't, it doesn't happen. Even if a police chief decides to fire an officer or discipline them in some other way, there's still other hurdles to cross. That officer can make an appeal to what's supposed to be an impartial party. Sometimes it's the city manager. And sometimes the disciplined will be overruled there. Or the officer may go into arbitration and try to negotiate for their job. Either way, Suki says chiefs can be left with the same officers they fired. From the cases that you've seen with you know California's new law uh, and the project that you've been working on, what kinds of cases have moved forward to the next step? You know, there are 700 police departments, you know, 700 plus uh, law enforcement agencies across the state of California. They're each little fiefdoms who have very different disciplinary processes. And, you know, we have seen someone who was fired for calling in sick and then people saw that he was actually at a baseball game. And then we have seen, you know, an officer out of Napa State Hospital who smashed this mentally ill patient's face in and lied about it. And two of his colleagues lied about it and they kept their jobs. So it's incredibly different depending on where you work and who you work for. And I will also say that I have spoken to police officers who find this incredibly frustrating. You know, like it's an uneven, you know, system of justice for them, too. Where does all this leave the public, especially communities that don't trust police, that are demanding accountability? Um, I think it, it it leaves them frustrated. I think that's what we're seeing right now. No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! You know, there's been a lot of talk about, like, community policing, and, you know, there was a, a bill that was passed last year called SB 230 that, you know, it means a whole bunch more money for departments to, to get training and de-escalation tactics and there's been a lot of talk about like mental health training for officers and it's really interesting to see right now like the calls to defund the police are very much not asking for those changes anymore not to say that people would be against those changes but it's a very it's a very much more radical position and I think that this this lack of transparency and this lack of trust in the accountability process kind of drives to the heart of that.
Police accountability can also happen outside of police departments' internal processes. This is where the public has more power to enact change through criminal and civil cases and public pressure, like what we're seeing in Minnesota. All four cops have now been charged for the death of George Floyd, and the officer who knelt on him is facing the more serious charge of second-degree murder. To see other stories that have come from these new internal records from Suki and the California Reporting Project, go to kqed.org slash police records. You can also find a link to that reporting in our show notes. Suki Lewis reports on criminal justice for KQED. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena, Erica Cruz Guevara, and our editor, Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team is Jessica Blachek, Erica Aguilar, Vinny Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for the Bay. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.